road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Larry Weedy Kind. Welcome to Relevant Radio Recovery, folks. Uh, good to have you back on the show. Uh, we're with KPRC AM 950, Real Texas, Real Talk. And this is Larry Wittekind, your host from Matthews Hope Foundation. And I have a very special guest uh, with us today. Her name is Lisa Hickey, and uh, she's an LCDCI, which means that she's a licensed chemical dependency counselor in training. And uh, she that, that means that she's had a lot of training already, but she's trying to go for her full LCDC license. And um, as I said, she works with Matthews Hope Foundation at the Matthews Hope Detox and Recovery Program located at St. Joseph Medical Center. I think you all know all about that, but uh, she's here to talk to you about what she does. It's very special. She is our ISIS uh, uh, technology technician and provider, and uh, she performs ISIS technology sessions on every patient that comes through the doors every day. But she has her own recovery story. She wants to let let you all know what she went through uh, on her way to sobriety. But uh, I'm not going to steal any of her thunder. <laughs> so, Lisa, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, Glad so, to be here. Yeah, good to have you. So, so tell us about your road to recovery. My road to recovery has been long and bumpy at times. Um, I actually started the process, my first inpatient treatment um, was when I was 13 years old. 13? 13, yes. As in 1-3? As in 1-3. Lord 13. have mercy. Yes. That, that seems to be happening more and more. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, t- so tell us what happened. How did that happen? So uh, back then, um, 13 to where I am now, um, addiction was viewed differently. It was viewed as almost um, a mental health um, problem. And so there wasn't really any um, where we are today as far as growth in substance use. And so... Um, People didn't understand what was going on. They weren't able to address um, things like trauma mm, that, that right, bring it right, all on. Right. And so um, through the process, I never gave up trying. Mm. Um, I knew that I needed something um, different. I was able to um, finally reach sobriety in 1999 okay. um, from alcohol. Um, pills, things like that were never really my thing okay. until um, I went for oral surgery. Now, now. How old were you when you reached sobriety, when you stopped drinking alcohol? When I finally was able to reach sobriety, um, I was 34. Four years old, 34, 35. So you, yes. were, you were addicted to alcohol, mm-hmm. uh, not pills really, just no, alcohol. No. From 13. From 13. Until 34, 35. Yes. So, yes. So there's a lot of parents out there listening mm-hmm. to us. I imagine they're interested in, so what happened that caused you to get into alcohol at 13? So a lot of my story is trauma. Trauma, um, okay. Yes, okay. Um, grew up in a very dysfunctional family, which uh, I'm not okay. embarrassed to say. Um, yeah. You know, people did the best they could. Um, right. My mom had um, mental health um, um, problems of her own. My dad mm-hmm. died at a, when I was five. So, um, Oh, my goodness. You, you know, know, my mother died when I was four. Oh, wow. So you yeah. understand oh, that I do. missing piece. Oh, yes, I do. Yes. 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 And we were just a very... Um, 
dysfunctional, sick family. Um, that's not everybody's story, but that was no. my story. Yes. Um, so I was able to find um, freedom um, from maybe a, oppressive thoughts um, mm-hmm. through alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, and as starting at 13, you know, that's our pivotal years when we're really deciding who we are, where we are, where we fit into the um, grand scheme of life. And so from a very young age, I had already packed on that um, that feeling and belief that I was not enough, mm-hmm. that I was broken, mm-hmm. um, that something was wrong. Um, although we went through therapy, you know, I can really thank my mom for those early years. Um, but fast forward to 1999, when I finally stopped drinking, mm-hmm. um, it was wonderful. I found a true freedom. Um, What was hard to deal with was um, the wreckage of the past, you know, things that I had caused. And and, and what was the stimulus for you to actually stop drinking at 34, 35? How did that happen? Okay, for me, um, I became pregnant um, Ah, with my son. So that Ah. was, and I never had And you decided, oh my gosh, something's got to give here. Yes, yes, and it it had to. Right, and And, and that does happen mm -hmm. quite often. Yes. When when people, they they want to recovery, they want to become sober, Mm -hmm. but they don't have the strength. Right. But then when a child is on the way, sometimes they can find the strength. Yes, and, and... by the grace of God, that's what happened to me. Yes, yes. Yes. Um, mm. I remember first, I, I am involved in the 12-step community. Mm-hmm. I believe in the 12-step community. And I also believe there's many paths being a recovery coach. And um, because of that, when I first um, went into and found sobriety, I was mad at God. Mm-hmm. So when I went into meetings mm-hmm. um, and I'm hearing your higher power and pray and this, uh, uh, that really because I was on my knees praying from 13 years old. And so um, a lot of things were going on um, that I felt like God had abandoned me. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I was mad. Mm -hmm. Um, I stuck and stayed in the program. One of the important things is, um, you know, at that time I had to detox. So I truly believe Mm -hmm. the first step you cannot go any further until you get into a good detox program that's why that's why it's the first step yes in the matthews hope care model yes is a real inpatient detox Mm -hmm. because we just don't believe outpatient detox works very well Mm -mm. it never did for me no and for anybody else Mm -hmm. i know either right so you know actually getting into an inpatient detox program Mm -hmm. that also has daily recovery components in, yes. in their care model like we do at St. Joseph Medical Center. Yes. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? It is absolutely amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so so you so how many years sober are you now? 10. 10 years. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yes. Very yes. good. Wow. Yes. Well, that's that's wonderful. I, you know, I don't know what the turning point is on on sobriety from a serious addiction. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, ten years is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's excellent. Right. It really is. Yeah. Do you still, do you still fight your allergy, your addiction at all? Absolutely, I fight it Every daily. Day. So we're, <laughs> yes. we're going to talk about that when yes. we come back. We're going to a little commercial break. Okay. Lisa, thank you. Thank Y'all, you. don't go away. Uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> thank you.
Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. This is Larry Wittekind, your host with the Matthew Soap Foundation, and I'm with Lisa Hickey. And uh, she was just talking about her her recovery from alcohol addiction, uh, and uh, and kind of getting into what happened next. Uh, so, well, you know, I've never been really great at math, but uh, mm-hmm. you said 1999, and I know that's been 21 years. So you have 10 years sober. So that sounds like 22 years with me. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're not, not very sure. good with math. I'm not good at math. <laughs> so what? what right. Tell us what what happened. And by the way, this, this is Jennifer O'Neill talking yes. right now. Um, she's she's uh, she's in charge of the recovery support teams with Matthew Soap Foundation. Right, right. And she's 22 yes. years sober 22 from years alcohol. Sober. Oh, is yeah. it 22? Okay. 20, is <laughs> yes, it yes. 22? January okay, 13. I'm a January baby. So, right. <laughs> well, your math is spot on. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just like, wait a minute here. So, I was able um, to um, reach sobriety and maintain sobriety um, from, ni- from 99. Um, I actually went in for an oral procedure and was um, prescribed um, oxy. Oh. And that's oxycontin. Con- yes, folks. Yes. Yeah, it's a time-release opioid. Is yes. what that is. You prescribed know, by for a pain. For, yes, for dentist. Uh, yeah. by my dentist, and uh-huh. I took them as prescribed pills. Wow. Especially opioids had never been my thing. I actually wondered why people wanted to feel that way, mm. but I can tell you, the moment I took this substance, my world changed. Mm. It was like, um, and I don't want to romanticize it because it took me down a horrible dark road, but I got it. I understood why people did this. Yeah, it seems very good at first, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yes, seems, it's my I mean, best friend. Yeah, yes. I mean, I've never used it. Thank mm-hmm. God. I, yes. I, w- I pray I never have to use it, yes. right? Because mm-hmm. it is so addictive and it, it, and it takes everyone. 100% of, 100%. of users down a very dark mm-hmm. road. Mm-hmm. And many people die yes. from overdose and from yes. suicide. Yes. Because the road becomes so dark, mm-hmm. there's no light. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So yeah, tell us about your experience. So and this that, is from an, an oral surgeon. This is from an oral, oral surgeon, surgeon just going yeah. um, to your doctor. I trust my doctor. Of I'm going to follow what they tell me. Right. They did tell me I would have pain, and this is the solution for it. So for me, um, once I I believe that I instantly became addicted to the substance. Alcohol was not in my mind, anything like that. But getting this substance, getting this opioid became my everything back then and it, it happened almost instantaneous instant from like the your moment first pill. yes right. it my brain oh, shifted and wow. something happened mm-hmm. and i remember um, and, and folks listen to this okay i mean you know it, it oxycontin is so addictive mm-hmm. that for many people it occurs on their first pill Mm-hmm. Other people, it may occur on their third, their fourth, their fifth, mm-hmm. their tenth. Everyone is different, mm-hmm. but you don't know how your son or daughter or spouse or relative is going to respond to right. OxyContin. Right. Right. You don't. And sometimes you need it for pain because pain can be very intense. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have to have it, you're better off without it. And the yes. truth is oh. you're absolutely right. You And I, I find it interesting that you said the third because I had – surgery mm-hmm. and I and they prescribed this to me but I was sober and I really contemplated it and I could not could not could not sleep and so I took one that night and I took one the very next night mm-hmm. but I stopped because I I just I'm 
terrified of my disease and right. I know where it can lead. Right. So and we don't know when that number will be. We don't know if it's the third pill or the sixth pill. And I don't mm-hmm. know. Sometimes God's grace works and right. I don't know why it works sometimes and why it doesn't. So continue. Right. And for me, I was very proud of the fact um of my sobriety. Never in my wildest dreams did I have that internal dialogue that, hey, if I take this, it could go bad quick. And so I never had that. And was because based on my experience, I didn't like it. Um, But it did take me to some very dark places. Back then, we had the pill mills. So a lot of time and money was spent driving all over Houston, um, getting my drug of choice. Uh, Then it was shut down, if you remember. They really oh, came yes. in and started oh, busting yes. everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the price of a pill on the street was astronomical. And mm-hmm. so, therefore, someone introduced me to heroin. Okay. Right, and right. then that started my darkest journey of my life. And that happened to my own son, Matthew. Oh, oh yeah. One day, a friend introduced him to street heroin, which mm-hmm. is very cheap very and cheap. very easy to get. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, he was addicted to OxyContin as well, mm-hmm. post-operatively, from his third shoulder surgery wow. because he was an ice hockey player. And he, and he was born with shallow cups, and the upper arm bone would come out right. of the shallow cup and just destroy his shoulder. And he had to go through three surgeries. And on the third one, that was really um, the fatal um dose of oxycontin and that was back many 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 years ago when Mm -hmm. you know doctors either didn't quite understand the addictive qualities of oxycontin right or they just ignored it because it's just easy get the patient out of my office let's let's deal with their pain and we'll let the parents deal with everything else right yeah right yeah right and that's just terrible yeah so so uh so that occurred when 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 uh, when did when were you when did you become addicted? Uh, that, that happened oral? probably in um, oh going back to looking at that probably two thousand six two thousand seven okay. yeah. yeah so it was yeah. a different world then we don't have the knowledge that we no, have no no yes and then in, so now you're relegated to the street to get your fix every day absolutely and and absolutely. there's nothing you can do about it at absolutely that point. and the yeah. shame that comes with that you know. As a um, peer support specialist, recovery coach, mm. and and being in this industry, I really advocate we change the language mm. because back then it was hard for me to wrap my head around when somebody said you're a junkie. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like I'm not because because you, know. you were sober for many many years, right? Right. I followed and my doctor's were, instructions, right? And you had you had right. uh, your, your your daughter, my son, or your yes. son, your yes. son, yeah, and. Um, how old is your son now? He will be 21 in August. 21, wow. So proud of him. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, then you're, you're now you're a very intelligent and well-informed mom, well, having you. been through all this yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. So, yeah, it is scary, but but maybe your son is uh, is very fortunate well, thank to you. have you. But, you know, know, speaking of that, I do have um, conversations with my son. Mm -hmm. I never thought that my son would um, turn to any kind of substance. Oh, none of us do. Yes. And especially given my history and what he lived through. Mm. But mm. alcoholism is a family disease. Yes, it is. And either we engage in in 
drinking mm-hmm. this we we either have the same family patterns or in response we do an opposite right so um i mean it's run in my family for, for some time so. mm-hmm. that, that is so true when right. when one person becomes dependent mm-hmm. on alcohol or a substance mm-hmm. it is a family disease mm-hmm. whether even if the other family members are not dependent on that substance or any substance, right. it still affects the entire family, right. and the entire family really is in recovery. Mm-hmm. I learned that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I was not dependent on any alcohol or substance. Absolutely. Uh, nor, nor was my wife at the time, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, um, we did not understand it. Right. right. And so Honestly. there's some education of enabling and what does that Absolutely. look like? Or Absolutely. Uh, and, and as a parent completely ignorant to addiction or dependence right. on a substance, mm-hmm. you are enabling all the time and you have no idea you're doing no it. No idea. Right, right. You're Absolutely. simply responding to a need. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's why uh, I'm so thankful for Al-Anon, which is a 12-step program yes. which supports um, people who are um, – Watching their loved ones um, in their th- in their throes of addiction. So Al-Anon and also Alateen yes. is a great great program which helps Alateen the for teenagers. Adoles- yes, yes, yes. I was yes. an Alateen facilitator oh, wow. for two. Oh, wow. Well, the commitment is two years, so you you can't do it unless you commit for two years. Oh. And I and I committed. What so. a great program that it, is! Oh my we gosh, had we had the CEO for, for that program on yep. recently. Right. Well, Beth yeah. Eversall. Beth she Eversall. has a. Yes. Um, uh, PADAP is what they PADAP, call it. And exactly. It's, um, it's a, an yeah. alternative peer group, and yes, there's a few yes. others in the city yeah, too. Yeah. Yes. Well, folks, thank you for listening. We will be right back uh, with our with our third segment of this show. This is Relevant Recovery Radio with Larry Wittekind, your host, and Lisa Hickey, my special guest. Don't go away. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. This is Larry Wiedekind, your host uh, with Matthews Hope Foundation. I'm here with Jennifer O'Neill and Lisa Hickey. And Lisa was just telling us about her awful, terrible road with opioids. Uh, and uh, so, so, Lisa, so you, you became addicted to OxyContin. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, that prescription stopped. Mm-hmm. And now you're on the street trying to find street heroin, which Absolutely. actually is very cheap, very mm-hmm. easy to get. So what happened then? Then my world came to a screeching halt, and I knew I needed help, and and help came in the form of... I believe in treatment. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that started with detox. I mentioned that earlier. That is the absolute must. And um, I really surrendered um, to, I cannot control this any longer. I'm a danger mm-hmm. to myself. And I didn't want to live that dark, dark life that I was living. Um, so I was um, went into treatment and, um, and really followed suggestions and went the continuum of care. Okay, and then um, really was working working a program, you know, twelve steps, whatever was out there doesn't matter. Just get connected, people. Um, and then my life started turning around, and that's when I entered working in the treatment field, and because um, I, I was able to find my bliss, my passion um, by helping others and um, kind of guiding them, taking the journey with them um, out of the darkness into the light, because it truly is out of the dark into the light. So, so were, were you sober from your very first program? Your detox program? Oh my gosh, no, okay. no! I'm what you would consider a chronic relapser. <laughs> so um, you know, I don't know anyone who has been on street heroin mm-hmm. who isn't. Right. I, I've never met anyone mm-hmm. 
uh, and I've met a lot of people mm-hmm. on heroin and pills and so forth, right. and everyone is a chronic relapser right. until that moment. Right. That moment. And when, when, when was that moment for you? It's just that, and I can't really explain it. I heard the words, enough. And, and I know that that was my higher power, who I call yes. God, yes. Um, telling me at that point, it's enough. I'm going to be dead, mm-hmm. you yes. know. Yeah, the next stop is mm-hmm. death. It is. And right. what it's right. true what they say, jails, institutions are death. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. There is nothing else. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm really grateful for my journey. I've been in, in and out of many, many treatment programs. Um I'm very happy with what I'm doing now, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> but now, now uh-huh. who, who stuck with you that whole time to help you go to get through relapse and to an additional detox program? Uh, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. t- tell us a little bit about that, because there might be listeners out there who are in that process right now, right. you know, who just feel desperate, and they feel like, no detox and recovery program has worked yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe it worked for a while, mm-hmm. and then a trigger happened, mm-hmm. some sort of trauma or stress in their life, mm-hmm. yes. and they went back to their self-medication. Right. Right? Right. So you know, what worked for you finally? How did, the, how did you finally come out of that deep-down rabbit hole and see mm-hmm. some light? Right. I mean, you, you heard the word enough. Enough. Uh-huh. And that was from God, your right. creator. Yes, yes. Uh, but... How did you get there? And, and uh, you know, tell us more, Lisa. I know this might be difficult. Mm-hmm. But, so looking yeah. back, if you would have asked me this question 10 years ago, I would have mm-hmm. had a totally different answer mm. because I felt like my family abandoned me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. But my family did that happens stay. happens actually a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. A lot, yes, yeah. because oh, yeah. they're tired. Oh, yes. And, they, and they're out of money. Right, right. <laughs> they're broke. <laughs> and they're emotionally broke yeah. um, as well because oh, yeah. they don't understand what it's what it's mm-hmm. like, what's going on. Oh, I was, I was broke mm-hmm. the entire time with Matthew. Right. I mean, nine thousand here, twelve thousand mm-hmm. there. Right. Uh, it just on and on right. and on. You know, Blue Cross only covered two thirds of the first detox, thirty day treatment mm-hmm. program, mm-hmm. and then the other two beyond that was all me. Right. Yeah. And then of anyway. Yeah. Right. But that's yeah. how it happened. It's it's the same story with every family, mm-hmm. and you never want to. My family never wanted to stop trying. You know, if I do one more, if I do one more. So they never really abandoned you. No, they didn't. It felt like they did. It, it did. But they weren't. It did. But yeah, the day yeah. came when um, we were speaking earlier of some support groups for family because addiction is a family disease. Yes, yes. Addiction is a family disease. Yeah. want everybody to know that. Um, but through my family um, getting the help they needed, you know, through independent counseling, um, there's programs out there, Al-Anon, ACA, so much stuff. They were able to set boundaries, healthy boundaries with me that said, no, we're not going to. If you can't take care of your child, feed your child, keep your lights on, then we will take care of your child. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and wow. to stop... Um, <sighs> Co-signing, I'm going to use that word. Yes, Um, Yes, right. Yes, my manipulation. Because I knew that they wanted better for, I wanted better for me. (laughs) And I knew what buttons to push. And it's part of the disease. Uh You loved your son, Mm -hmm. but you were in no condition to really care for him. 
and uh, of course you can't hold a job really and there's just it's right. it's impossible so right. so fortunately the family stuck with you they did. and this is something I encourage all families to do it is very difficult exactly. but if you will stick with your loved one right and and set boundaries don't enable them mm-hmm. don't do that <laughs> heroin is very cheap even when you give your son a $20 bill because he wants to go buy a burger it ain't happening exactly no he's not going to buy the burger okay so so as parents you need to understand that when your son or daughter Mm -hmm. is addicted to heroin or any of these other substances Mm -hmm. uh, that's all they think about honestly Mm -hmm. and so if you mental obsession yes if your son or daughter needs to eat then you feed them right i mean literally right and Mm -hmm. and and if your grandson or granddaughter is 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 being uh, ignored uh, then you take them in and believe me Mm -hmm. oh my gosh when the turnaround does occur and And folks that's what and it does matthew's hope Matthew's Hope Foundation actually has a care model. Uh, Lisa's going to get into that with you. Mm -hmm. That actually works, and it significantly reduces relapse. Mm -hmm. Most other programs actually don't. I mean, opioid dependents have to go through many relapses, typically until they finally get it, and many, many don't get it, and they die. But with Matthew's Hope, uh, our our care model actually works Mm -hmm. uh, to reduce and eliminate relapse and promote long-term sobriety. Right. So by sticking with your loved one and putting them in the Matthews Hope Detox Recovery Program at St. Joseph mm-hmm. Medical Center, it's a beautiful, fully renovated floor, mm-hmm. easy to get to, easy to park. It's really it's different than the main hospital. It's it's actually a separate mm-hmm. building, separate parking lot. It's very easy to get to. Uh, if if you're in that position where where you or your loved one needs help, call eight four four and hope eight four four. A N D H O P E, hope. Eight four four two six three four six seven three. That number is monitored all the time. If no one answers, they will get back to you. Just leave your number, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if you want to schedule outpatient services, you can go to matthewshope.org and you go to ISS Technology and you simply schedule a session. And that's kind of a good, good segue for me to stop talking. <laughs> yes, it is. So, Lisa, okay. so tell us what you do at Matthew's Hope Foundation and, and you know, maybe segue from how you actually got past that last relapse and okay. in, and into because uh, you're recovery coaching yes right I'm right. an interventionist recovery coach um, yeah so Lisa yes. is an interventionist yes yes yes, yes. I mean, that's someone who can actually take your son or daughter mm-hmm. yes. and get them into a detox program and recovery yes yes tell us more about that okay the intervention um, I love and um, because it's really um, from my own personal experience and it's where I find um, that I can pay it forward is we're really working with the families and and designing a model that okay what do you need what do they want how's it going to work um, we're helping them find um, suitable um, client-centered um, detox residential intensive outpatient on and on and on um, so that's a process so I really like working with the families again I keep using the word passion interventions has always been my passion um, 
I'm at Matthews Hope now because of microcurrent neurofeedback. And what that is, is to me, it's a game changer. Um, If you're in recovery, you know that our brains take 18 to 24 months to heal. Um, I always joke with my friends that um, early in recovery, my first thought's wrong. And because it is, my brain, my frontal lobe is messed up. So it's disease. It's disease. My entire brain, I've opened it up new pathways. Um, But why um, the microcurrent neurofeedback is so important to me is I'm able daily um, to witness miracles and to see, use this device, the um, IASIS, and we're putting energy, not electricity. We're putting energy back into the brain. Um, As addicts, we're stuck in fight, flight, and freeze. Mm -hmm. Family, so are you. It is a family disease. It is, it is. Yes, yes. yes. So through this um, IASIS technology, which... It's the best thing I've ever seen, ever experienced. Um, We're able to heal the brains. It's helping the neurons fire. Um, I'm not going to pretend I'm a brain expert. Yes, Uh, Lisa, we're going to come right back to you. Commercial break coming up. Um, I love the sentence that we see miracles every day now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lisa's going to tell you about these miracles here in just a minute. Thank you. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. This is Larry Wittekind and Lisa Hickey. And she was just talking about the miracles that she sees every day. And could you tell us what that means? What uh, that means is, and again, I'm going to use the darkness to light. Um, we see people come in at their most broken, um, no hope, hopeless. And then through the detox process, and for me, working with ISIS every day, um, while they're in the detox process, um, we're able to see a light come on um, and, and just now a new renowned hope. Um, and then the journey will start in recovery. Um, I've gotten a lot of feedback. Um, what interested me the most, because if you remember my story earlier, which I won't go back into, trauma, PTSD was a major part of my life. And so the clients that I work with, um, they're expressing daily a positive outcome, whether that's lowered anxiety, um, lowered depression, whatever that looks like, the cravings, oh my gosh, I, I do before and after. What are your cravings? And I've seen people on a 10 scale down to after the session, a two scale. And, and how do you measure that? Um, so how we measure it, um, we also, I use a device as well, and it's called Brain Gauge. And what it does the first session, the first day they're with me, um, we go in and we kind of look at their brain. And it's cognition, reflexes, um, several different areas of the brain and how they're responding. Um, I did mine the other day after a very stressful period. And to give you an idea, it said I was fatigued. Well, yes, I was. <laughs> but uh, this this doesn't diagnose if your brain is healthy or not. It gauges where you're at and with positive recovery, whatever, um, whatever that looks like, um, we continue to gauge it and see the improvement. And it's done in a percentage. So through the time that we have, um, that I have a client at Matthew's Hope at St. Joseph's Medical Center, um, I might have them 10 to 14 days. And through that time, we're seeing major improvement. And um, that's just a blessing to me because, again, 
18 to 24 months for our brain to heal. Mm -hmm. If there's something out there that can heal my brain, keep my cravings down, regulate my emotions, Mm -hmm. while it's repairing the damage that I've done, Yeah, so instead, of, so instead of 18 to 24 months, IASIS technology mm-hmm. actually greatly reduces that healing time. Absolutely. Because the brain heals yeah. so much faster. Absolutely. Yeah, it, you know, having, having experienced IASIS myself, mm-hmm. uh, it is an amazing technology. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly safe. It is. And it's being used by universities now. Yes. Uh, and the Veterans Administration. Yes. And, yes. and being used very successfully. Mm-hmm. So it actually is wonderful for PTSD. Yes. Anxiety, depression, PTSD. It's actually healing a lot of kids and young adults with ADHD. Absolutely. Yes. It's kind of amazing. Mm -hmm. Very effective. Mm -hmm. Very. With ADD and ADHD. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it it does, it, it does, the brain heals itself, pathways clear up. Mm-hmm. Uh, University of California and the VA have proven mm-hmm. uh, beyond any shadow of a doubt with with uh, uh, magnetic imaging mm-hmm. uh, on for, uh, with veterans on the San Diego uh, Naval Base there that um, beta amyloid plaques actually dissolve. Mm-hmm. They clear out. Yes. And yes. so when when your plaques are are dissolving in your brain, pathways are opening up. Yes. Yeah, and, and you're sleeping deeper mm-hmm. and you're healing while you're sleeping and you have better, better alpha wave mm-hmm. during wakefulness. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, it's your focus improves almost immediately mm-hmm. and your anxiety starts just melting away. It does. That's your experience, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And but what is mind blowing to me um, because I've been in and out and I've worked in detox centers is when someone comes to me and says, I didn't need my detox meds today. Cause you know, most detoxes will use benzos or something like that to right. detox. Right. And so when somebody comes and says, wow, I feel good. I didn't need to take this dose. Yes. That's mind boggling. And I know huge. it works. It's yeah, huge. That's yes. huge. Yeah. Yes. It kind of blows psychiatrists away when yes, they start going in and they're going, yes. oh, I don't need to use Suboxone anymore. I don't need to use a Benzit, whatever right. it is. Right. Antidepressants. Antidepressants. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. right. It, it kind of blows them away. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a conversation that I always have with them when they're telling me that because I am not medical. So I am right. not right. going to give any no. advice about medications. Right. Not going to happen. Um, but I do encourage them to speak with their health care provider yes. let them know what they're they're how you're feeling yes yes on a yeah. on a continuum of care when they discharge um from matthew's hope foundation and saint joseph medical um we can actually speak with their um doctors you know and and continue to be part of their treatment plan mm-hmm. that was so important with to me is to have a team of professionals who understood mm-hmm. what I was going through and were able to help me through that. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, that's, yeah, that really helps on the road to recovery. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yes. That kind of kind of leads me into what Jennifer does right. with her recovery support teams. At, so so what happens at Matthew's Hope when, when a client is discharged? Well, from we, the we call it program? an aftercare plan. And mm-hmm. uh, so we, we follow them one to two years. The, the great news about this is that, I mean, it's not great that um, there's a 90% relapse rate. That's yeah. not great. But with our following, 
the patient one to two years. We have a 68% sobriety rate. Well, last time I checked, it's about 62% sobriety rate and a 38% relapse, relapse rate. rate. I mean, that's so significant. Taken a, yeah, we've, we've taken, taken it two-thirds. Yeah, we've made an yeah. impact. We're yes. following these patients. We call them clients by mm-hmm. then. Yes. And um, we, we meet, work with them. We meet with them. Uh, we have um, an app on the phone now that uh, connects. We are connected with them. Right. And we, we help them through um, nutrition so that they're eating the right things mm-hmm. and taking the vitamins. We help them with their endorphin production by encouraging exercise and um, af- affirmations. Mm-hmm. And we also help them with their spirit connectivity. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we do that carefully because you are so right. Uh, what happens often with people trying to recover is that they they really think about god abandonment and mm-hmm. um they're i was very angry when i came in mm-hmm. i thought well you know what why have i been abandoned why right. god why do these people have this and i don't there was a lot of comparison comparing people's outsides to my insides mm-hmm. and uh so we really help with that and we we combat those lies that that people cling to jennifer could you tell us maybe about one of your success stories well i mean i'm I'm just so excited i've got this one girl who didn't have a job she lost her children she didn't um there was some legal battles there was um, a disconnection with her her uh, family members now she's talking to her mother whether she wants to or not, right? <laughs> she's checking in with me uh, a few times a week. She's uh, also getting her children back, and she's working. Right. So uh, this is and, like so and encouraging, she, and I, she's sober, and she's and coming she was, in to and if I, get if some I know microcurrent neurofeedback. I, I think I know who you're talking about, and she's a Medicaid mom. Yes, correct. Yes, okay. Medicaid. Yes, yes. Right. So yes. this is yeah. this is all very exciting. I mean, I um, I just can't wait to. I love being on the journey with her. She's like Jennifer. I I just couldn't do it without you, and. Do you know what? That's just like really amazing to hear mm-hmm. and to, to realize. I mean, what's so beautiful is that I was in a similar situation mm-hmm. and God can and will if he saw it. Yes. Yeah, the recovery support team is based on spiritual connectivity mm-hmm. right. first right? and then teaching nutrition and fitness in such right. a way that we do – reduce cravings through endorphin stimulation right, and right. production. It's a big deal. We're, we're running out of time, folks. Um, oh, but thank you for being with us. But Jennifer, thank you for that, yes. that story. I we know you have, have many to more do stories. We too, because yeah, yeah, I'm like yeah, really yeah. into the thing. You were just of getting started. Yes. <laughs> Lisa, thank you so thank much you. for being with us. Thank you for, for what you do at Matthew's Health Foundation. And, uh, and, and, and just thank you for sharing your hope for recovery with everyone listening. Well, I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening.